this evening. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Job chapter 16. Job chapter 16. I'm thankful again to uh, Andrew for um, taking Bible study for me last week. And uh, really encouraging and excited to see how the Lord works because what Andrew spoke on last Wednesday really goes hand in hand with what we've been looking at on a Sunday evening in regards to um, the seven feasts of the Lord and the Lord's timetable and the gap that we're in at the moment and what um, we're heading towards uh, in regards to the, the snatching away the rapture of the church. So thank you for that, Brother Andrew, for last week. All right, Job chapter 16. Um, last week, we looked at how Satan was the great devourer. Um, Peter tells us that uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we looked at how that is Satan's ultimate goal for each and every one of us is to devour us, is to tear us apart. We know that, you know, God's purpose and plan for our lives is to build us up. Um, Satan's purpose and goal for us is to tear us down. And we see that is exactly what's happening um, in Job's life. Satan has devoured Job, has, has, has torn him down, as it were, in order for Job to curse God. Um, Satan basically said the only reason Job was worshipping God was because of what he could get or because of what he was given. All of that was stripped away and Job refused to curse God. He said, naked came I into the world, naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, we see his three friends come in to um, comfort him. Uh, we, we refer to them as Job's comforters. And every time somebody gives us um, advice or every time somebody says something to us that, that does the opposite of helping, we refer to them as a, a Job's comforter. We're like, oh, blame me, you are a you are a Job's comforter, you are. And that's what Job says uh, in verse 2 of chapter 16. He basically refers to them as miserable comforters. The one thing Satan did was devoured Job's comfort. He took away his, his material comfort in you know, the safety and security of his wealth. He took away his family comfort. We always feel safe, don't we, when we're, when we're surrounded by family. He took the comfort of his family away from him and not only did he lose his children you know he effectively lost his wife in in for, for the time being in terms of the, their view of how they should approach their reaction to towards God was different uh, and he also lost his physical comfort you know we feel at our worst when we don't feel right um, it doesn't matter if we are seriously ill if we're in excruciating pain or if there's just a niggle if something is off in terms of our bodies then we're not quite right. Maybe we're a bit more snappy. Maybe, you know, we react differently as, as we do when everything is, is going okay. And Job's comfort was gone. So he lost the comfort of his, his wealth, his family, his health. But he also lost the comfort of his friends. His friends were meant to be the ones to help and encourage and to build him up. But Satan was using them to actually tear Job down. As if he didn't feel bad enough as he was. You know, to then be told it's, it's bad enough, you know, when something goes wrong and the temptation is always to say, I told you so. Um, and that's bad in itself. But his friends were basically saying, I told you so. And it wasn't Job's fault. When we are told, I told you so, it's because it's our fault. You know, well, I told you not to do that and you did it. 
I told you so. Job's friends are saying that. And Job is like, well, I, I don't get it. I, you know, I, I've not done anything. I, I, I thought I was confessed that, but I, I thought my walk with the Lord is right. I, I don't quite understand why the Lord has done this. Job never claimed um, sinless perfection. Job never said, well, this shouldn't be happening to me because I am sinless. Job was simply saying, I don't get it. I just wish I understood. And I, I don't quite understand why when my, my walk with the Lord seems right, I don't understand why this is happening. And, and instead of his friends helping him and comforting him, all his friends were doing was, well, you must have done something wrong. You must have been really wicked. You, you got off lightly. You deserved it far, far worse than what you got. And, you know, your kids deserved what they had. And what kind of comfort was that? So Satan devoured Job's comfort. And in fairness to Job, Job said, if, if the roles were reversed, in verse 5, he said, I would have strengthened you with my mouth. You know, James said that our, our tongue is such a small part of our body, and yet it can do the greatest of damages. You know, the, the rudder on a ship is the, one of the smallest parts of the ship, but it controls where the ship goes. Um, it controls the direction, and the tongue is such a small part of our body, and yet it can destroy but yeah, it has the opportunity to build up, but we do far more damage with our tongue than with anything. And Job simply said, if the roles were reversed, I would have strengthened you. I would have built you up. I would have encouraged you. I would have tried to be some kind of help. But you have been miserable comforter. So his comfort was devoured. But not only was his comfort devoured, his confidence was devoured. It says in verse 6, though I speak, my grief is not assuaged. And though I forbear, what am I eased? But now... He hath made me weary. Thou hast made desolate all my company. Job states that if he speaks up, his sorrow and his grief and his pain is not um, relieved. Um, if he keeps his mouth shut, he still doesn't win. He, he, he feels like he's in a lose-lose situation. If he speaks, it doesn't change anything. If he keeps quiet, he's still in the exact same position that he's in. And he just feels trapped. You know, and there's sometimes in our lives where we go through difficulties and situations and we literally feel, I don't know what to do. I, I, I literally don't know which way to turn. I don't know where to speak up. I don't know how to be quiet. I don't know how to take action. I don't know how to stand still. I don't know. And Job is kind of in that position where his, his confidence is gone. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place where maybe you feel like you've let the Lord down and as a result you don't feel like you're giving him your best and, and then as a result of that, Satan pounces on it and he sees our weakness and he's like, I've, I've got an inroad here. And once our confidence is gone, you know, with, with confidence, we feel like we can do anything. Um, but as soon as that confidence is affected, um, it's, it's a completely different story. Um, you then start doubting, you then start double guessing, you then start trying to kind of go through all these different scenarios in your mind and, and what Satan wants to do he wants us to get us to kind of devour our confidence in the Lord because that's where our strength comes from our hope and our trust is not in the things of this world and it's not in the people of this world and it's it's not in our family friends wealth or fame fortune or anything our confidence and our strength and our hope and our help and our everything is in the Lord Jesus Christ which is why if Satan can get people to doubt the Lord, then he can get people to doubt whether he can save, whether he is true to his word, whether he will come through for us, whether he will do what he says he's going to do. And, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I don't know if you've ever 
watch the program Survivor. Um, there's the, I think there's an American version, there's a British version just happened. They put like 20 people on an island. They do all these different um, tasks and, and the ultimate goal is to um, outlast everybody and be the sole survivor. And you, you kind of vote people off. And it's really interesting to watch people um, build friendships and relationships but then they're talking to other people and voting the other people off. And you see that, like, it doesn't take much to sow a little bit of seed of doubt to say, oh, that person said something about you earlier, did they? No, they didn't. But they've sowed a seed of doubt in their mind. And then all of a sudden, the people who are working together can't look at one another. And I'm saying that to say this, is Satan does that with us in regards to the Lord. Just sows a bit of seed of doubt. Yea, if God said, does God really care that much about you? Why are you struggling then? Why, why did he take your loved one away? Why, why have you got that health issue? Why isn't your bank balance where you think it should be? Why didn't you get a promotion? Why God really love you that much? And it doesn't take much for Satan to sow that little seed of doubt. Just that little whisper in the ear. And he's devoured Job's confidence. Satan wants to devour our hope and confidence in the Lord. He wants us to be disappointed with our Christian walk. He wants us to be disappointed with our relationship. He wants us to be disappointed because when we're disappointed, we're ineffective for the Lord. When we're not confident in our walk with him, or we're not confident in our relationship with him, or we're not confident in where we are with him, then we're ineffective. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them were called according to his purpose. You know, we, when we lose our confidence in the Lord, we don't recognise that all things work together for good. We like the good stuff working together. We think, yeah, I can see that. That, that is working together for good. But the bad stuff we don't see working together for good. We, we don't get that. But when our confidence is shaken in the Lord... Then we start to doubt him. And we don't see that he can use the bad stuff in our lives. That he can use the difficulties in our lives. That he, that he can use those trials in our lives to make us better and draw us closer to him. When you look at um, David three times in Psalm 42 and 43, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. David, you know, fleeing for his life and everything against him. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? What on earth is going on? Wait a minute. My hope is not in Saul. My hope is not in my mighty men of valor. My hope is not in anything else. My hope is in the Lord. But Satan wants to devour our confidence in him. Um, Job says in verse 8, And thou hast filled me with wrinkles, which is a witness against me. And my leanness rising up in me beareth witness to my face. When you are affected physically, it shows. The amount of people who um, said to me, um, how rough I looked on Sunday. I thought I looked quite good, I'll be honest with you. I, looked, I shaved and everything and I thought, I'm doing okay, but yeah. And then uh, a couple of the ladies on Tuesday said, oh boy, you look rough on Sunday. I was like, oh, thanks for that. But it's the same with Joe. If Joe's, Joe. if Joe's back is bad, you can just see it in her eyes. Um, and it doesn't matter how much makeup she puts on. It doesn't matter how 
she tries to hide it, you can just tell. When we go through physical suffering, it just shows on our face. And this physical suffering is taking its toll on Job. And he's like, the wrinkles are starting to show now. You know, that's all sounded interesting, um, looking at... Um, like presidents, you know, you see the, the US president coming into office at the start of his term, and I always think of something like Barack Obama, he came into office, you know, um, is a head full of black hair, by the time he left, it was white, um, you know, and, I, and I'm going to blame mine going right, it's just down to COVID, I did have dark hair before COVID, I came through COVID, and then it's just started, there's a lot more grey coming out, Joe cuts my hair now, and I'm like, why have you cut this so short? She said, I'm just trying to cut all the grey bits out. <laughs> but it shows. And it, the physical stress that Job is going through is showing now on his face. He's like, I was filming with wrinkles. That's, that's a witness against me because it just shows how much I am struggling. Satan devoured um, Job's health because he was trying to break Job. And by doing that, he is devouring Job's confidence in the Lord. But if he can't affect our confidence, he'll, he'll affect our connection. Because then he devours Job's connection. Verse uh, 7, he says, He hath made me weary. Thou hast made desolate all my company. In verse 9, he, he teareth me with his wrath, who hateth me, he gnasheth upon me with his teeth. Mine enemy sharpeneth his eyes upon me. They have gaped upon me with their mouth. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. God hath delivered me to the ungodly and turned me over into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. His archers compassed me round about. He cleaveth uh, my reins asunder and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. He breaketh me with breach upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. These are verses that express the sentiments of a man who is literally at the end of his tether. He is hurting physically, he's hurting emotionally, he's hurting spiritually. And Satan has just been pounding this man. And again, not just from the loss that he suffered at the beginning of the chapter, but even through the words of his so-called three friends. But the fact that Job believes that God is at fault proves how Satan has been quite clever in devouring Job's connection. Because what Job is doing now is, is blaming God for all of this calamity. And we might say, well, yeah, it was God. God said to Satan, yes, thou consider my servant Job. Satan is the one that is buffered in Job. Satan is the one that is um, devouring Job. Uh, you might say, well, it's God's fault. Why didn't God stop it? Why didn't God you know, say, well, no, you can't touch my servant Job? <laughs> Um, because through all of this, God is going to get far more glory through Job's sufferings than he would have got through Job's blessings. And I think sometimes we fail to recognize that, that oftentimes God can get far more glory through our sufferings than he can through our blessings. Um, but it is strain in the relationship. And that's, that's Satan's purpose. We see that in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had the perfect relationship with the Lord. Um, the Lord came um, in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ and walked with them every day in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. Perfect relationship. 
Satan affected that relationship. Um, and we see that right the way throughout Scripture. Um, and what Satan wants to do, you know, the, the, one of the closest people to the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the most trusted people in that circle, the person who everybody would have said was the perfect-looking Christian, was Judas. Um, and Satan affected the relationship that Judas had with the Lord. He wants to affect our relationship. You know, we need to understand that. He doesn't want us to have that closeness. He doesn't want us to have that trust in the Lord. And Satan is devouring the connection that Job has with God. Job is convinced that God has made him a target, that he is, you know, he's basically like target practice. That's, um, that's what he's, he's kind of saying here with the archers, come past me round about. Um, it just feels like he's, God is out to destroy him, that God is out um, just to tear him down. But God is not in the business of destroying our lives. Remember, Satan is the one that destroys. God is the one that builds. Um, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If we are not going in the right direction, all we need to do is to repent. If our relationship is not right with the Lord, then instead of trying to cover things up, we just need to be honest with the Lord. Like we can hide anything from him anyway. You know, you get to that point as a parent when you kind of catch the kids out from doing something and you feel like, ah, oh, you've got all this power in your hands because you know what they've done. But you just want them to kind of admit what they've done. You know, God did exactly the same with Adam in, in the garden. Adam, where art thou? God knew where Adam was. But God wanted Adam to know where he was. It wasn't until Adam said, well, I was naked and I was afraid and... I hid. Right, so you've admitted your sin. Now I can provide a covering to cover that sin. Um, And that's all the Lord wants us to do. Satan wants to devour our connection with the Lord. But the Lord has promised that that connection, no matter how damaged, it'll never be severed. It can be affected. Our relationship, our fellowship with the Lord can be affected. But it'll never be severed. But we need to confess our sin instead of trying to to cover it up. Um, You know, and we might be facing difficulties right now and we might be facing times of trials and troubles. But what Satan wants to do is for us to put all the blame on God. So that affects our relationship with the Lord. Well, it's the Lord's fault you haven't got what you want. It's the Lord's fault that you haven't had that prayer answered. It's the Lord's fault that you, you haven't had your way. But if we got our way... It might be what we want, but it might not be what we need. Because the Lord knows exactly what will happen from that point in our lives going forward. And that might not be the best thing for us. And the Lord knows. But what we tend to do is, oftentimes we, we listen to Satan far more than we listen to the Lord. But we need to recognise that he is our refuge and our strength. A very present time, a very present help in a time of trouble. So not only was um, Job's connection devoured and his confidence devoured and his comfort devoured, um, but his cheerfulness was devoured. In verse 16, Job said, my face is foul with weeping. 
And on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Like I said, when you were struggling, it, it shows on your face. You know, the bags come in your eyes, your eyes get dark and you can't hide it. You know, you, you, you literally cannot hide when you are going through something that's so traumatic that it shows on, the, on your face. Um, Satan is devouring any cheer or joy that Job might have had left in his life. And we know from Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If Satan can take our joy away, then he can affect our strength. He can affect our, our resolve. He can affect our testimony. He can affect our trust in the Lord. Um, it's a lot easier to do things when we are joyful. You know, when we are in a good mood, when we are happy. When it, it, it is. Everything's easier. Um, but when you are grieving, when you are upset, when you are hurt, yeah, sometimes you don't want to get up in the morning. Sometimes you don't want to face the day. Sometimes you don't want to go into work. Sometimes you don't want to face people. Sometimes you don't want to come to church because Satan's devoured our cheerfulness. The Lord's not taking our cheerfulness away. He's the, he's, the, he's the joy giver. But Satan's the one that devours our cheerfulness. And when he does that, again, it affects our testimony. It affects our walk. It affects our effectiveness. And Job is basically saying, like, he's, he cried himself out. He's literally cried so much that it's affected. His, my face is foul with weeping. I've cried so much, my, my eyelids are like so heavy, I just, I just look like death. You ever said that any between you? You look like death warmed up. But Job is basically saying that. I've cried so much, I, I literally look like death. That, that's what's happened to me. And that's what Satan wants to do. That's what Satan wants. He wants to take away our joy. He wants to take away our cheerfulness. He wants Because it affects us. Because that spring in our step goes. Everything then suddenly becomes heavy. Everything becomes burdensome. Everything becomes a trial. Even getting to church is a burden. I don't really want to do it. I don't feel like going. I don't. But when you when you got the joy of the Lord, you're like, I can't wait to go. Let's 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 get among God's people and let's you know let's sing and let's praise and let's hear the word. And there's a difference. And it's the same with any kind of um, task that we do, whether it's work. You know, if, if we got the, the if we are in, a, in such a bad mood, or we're struggling with our health, or we're struggling with something, and even going to work is days. You know, Monday I used to love Mondays because I'd come from church Monday night, uh, for, I'd come from church Sunday night, and I couldn't wait to get into work Monday then because like Sunday really set me up for the week. It wore off by Tuesday, but I was ready to go on Monday. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, when we are, when we're cheerful, we feel like we could do anything. We feel like we could do anything for the Lord. Uh, which is why David, after his sin with Bathsheba, didn't feel like he could do anything for the Lord. He was like, uh, I, I'm done. I'm not effective. I, I'm no good. Which is why he said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I think sometimes what we've got to do is remember 
the joy that we have, not in circumstances, not in everything going our way, not in everything, you know, going according to our plan. We just need to remember the joy we've got in the salvation we have in him. We can ask the Lord for joy because David said, Lord, please restore to me the joy of my salvation because I am struggling. And there may be times when we're struggling and we don't feel joyful. And we don't feel like there's a spring in our step. But we can ask the Lord because we, we serve a risen saviour, we serve a living God, we serve a powerful God, we serve a God who hears and answers our prayers according to his will. He wants us to have joy because Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is our strength. He wants us to be strong, be strong in the Lord and have good courage. It's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of love and of strength and of a sound mind. So it's not going against God's will for us to pray, to ask for his joy to be evident in our lives. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. And then John said, these things are right we unto you, that your joy might be full. You know, if you were joy you're struggling, get back in the word. Feed upon the word. Eat the word. Um, Recognise the fact, as, you know, as Jeremiah said there, Jeremiah 15, 16, thy words are found and I did eat them. And as a result, the word was that joy and rejoicing of his heart. We have joy not because of what the world can do for us, because of, but because of what's in store for us in our future. Luke ten twenty says, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice. Why? Because your names are written in heaven. <laughs> Can't find joy in this world. People have tried and they failed. Um, Byron um, said this, and the worm, the canker and grief are mine alone. He lived a life of pleasure, but that was kind of his, his summary of life. Um, you can't find joy in money. Jay Gould was an American millionaire who had everything. And when he was dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. Joy is not found in position and fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed both. And he wrote, youth is a mistake. Manhood a struggle. Old age a regret. And joy doesn't come from conquest. Alexander the Great wept because he said there were no more worlds to conquer. Joy comes from the Lord. These things have I spoken unto you, John fifteen eleven, that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, that's the problem. There is one lion that walketh about this earth seeking whom he may devour. Satan devours. But then there's another lion. There's a lion of the tribe of Judah. And this lion doesn't devour us. This lion delivers us. Job said in verse 17, Not for any injustice in mine hands also my prayer is pure. O earth, cover not thou my blood and let my cry have no place. Also now behold, my witness is in heaven. My record is on high. My friends score me, but mine eye pours out tears unto God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleadeth for his neighbour. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. 
He wants his cry to come before the Lord. It's interesting that guilty people don't want to stand before a judge. But what Job is saying here is he said, I I want my cry to come before the judge. I I want my case to be heard before the Lord. Um, Because Job is not hiding any sin. So it's not saying he's, he's sinless, but he doesn't feel any guilt in that regard. So he wants to plead his case before um, the courts of heaven, as it were. He knows that, that God knows the facts, that God knows the intricate details, and that uh, only God can exonerate them before his friends. Job 9.33, he said, Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. He realizes that what he needs is a heavenly mediator. And we know that Job's prayer for an advocate, for that daysman, has been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's one God and one mediator between God and man, um, the man Christ Jesus. And John said in 1 John 2, uh, 1 to 2, my little children, these things write they unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Because of our faith in Christ, we have a deliverer. Satan is a lion that seeks to devour. He wants to devour our connection. He wants to devour our courage. He wants to devour our comfort. He wants to devour our confidence. He wants to devour our cheerfulness. But the Lord Jesus Christ delivers. He delivers delivers us from the punishment of sin. From the penalty of sin. He delivers us from the the difficulties um, that we face every single day. Not because there's any strength in us, but because of the strength that we have in him. He is the great deliverer. He is our advocate. You know, Satan is referred to as the accuser of the brethren. He is our adversary. He is the accuser. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our advocate. And here's the thing, Satan doesn't need to tell lies about us. Satan comes before um, the throne room and says, look at this guy right here. Look what he's done. He hasn't told a lie about you, but the Lord Jesus Christ says, yeah, I know. But the father doesn't see the sin, the father sees the blood. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is the deliverer. And he's delivered us from the punishment and penalty of sin. How incredible that we don't face the difficulties that this life throws at us on our own. Satan's always going to want to devour us. Satan's always going to do all that he can to affect our walk with the Lord. But just as Satan's never going to change and he's always going to devour, I can promise you this, the Lord Jesus Christ is never going to change. He's always going to deliver now, that doesn't mean he's going to take your problems away. He's going to deliver you, not from your problems all the time, even though he can, but he'll deliver you in your problems. And he'll get you through. You know, there'll be times when you think, I can't do this. You're absolutely spot on. You can't. But he can, because he'll deliver us. And I'm thankful that my God is the deliverer. 
even though the God of this world, the little G, Satan, who's a roaring lion, is a devourer. But through the power of Christ, we have that victory. And as a result, we have that comfort. Because Satan can't take that away. We have that confidence. Because Satan can't take that away. We have that connection. Because Satan can't take that away. We have that cheerfulness. Because Satan can't take it away. He might try and devour it. But the Lord Jesus Christ will always deliver it. Father, we thank you again for this time together tonight and for this opportunity to come around you a word, Lord. And we are grateful for the relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are thankful for the fact that even though the devil as a roaring lion just seeks to devour us, that our Saviour has delivered us and will continue to deliver us. And Father, we're thankful for that, that we can't do this in our own strength, as David said. Father, we recognise the fact that sometimes we feel like we can't go on, but when we feel like giving up, we need to recognise and realise the fact that we don't take these steps on our own. You're the one that gives us the strength to just keep going. So, Father, I pray that whatever the need is here tonight in this building or whatever the needs are for those watching online, whatever difficulties people are facing, whatever trials people are going through, whatever discouragement they face right now, that you would just lend a touch to each and every one. Father, we just pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.